Hey guys, this is Jennifer from the Shooter's Mindset, and we are live with episode 381. We've got our co-host, Greg Cannon. How's it going tonight? Hey, everyone. And our guest of the hour, who is not a stranger to the show at all, but Matt Not Stere- a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> You're strange, but not a stranger. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, Chris Andrews, the match director of the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. How's it going, Chris? It's great. Episode 381, huh? Yeah, that's a lot. I feel old when I hear that. Uh, stop it. <laughs> like, we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> so, for anybody, I know we've had you on a few times, but for anybody that is not familiar with you or maybe didn't catch our earlier shows, um, mm-hmm. can you give us a quick recap of like who you are and how you became to be the match director of Mammoth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, my name is Chris Andrews. I'm a engineer by profession, education. I work in motorsports as my full-time job and I got into competitive shooting um, mid-2000s. Got into shooting, back into shooting then and into competitive shooting in like the early 2000 teens and um, was working with Scott Whitehead. Uh, we became good friends and uh, we started Best Targets. And uh, we read about the Mammoth Sniper Challenge online and thought, man, that would be great to go to for our first match. <laughs> so we went to Rock Castle, Kentucky, and um, we were really in the wrong place with our equipment and our skill set. But we learned a lot. And uh, we went back, Uh, Scott and I competed six times. And then in 2018, uh, Grunt Style bought the event. And I was friends with uh, Tim Jensen, had met him actually at Mammoth at Rock Castle one year and stayed in touch. And um, they asked me to be match director and I started in 2019 event. So um, with uh, Grunt Style and Tim and myself and Fort Gordon, this is our fifth Mammoth Sniper Challenge together. And kind of like episode 381, I, I don't know where the time went, but yeah. Time definitely flies. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's who I am and how I got here. <laughs> how you kind of became to be the match director. Yeah, you, yeah. You I really, the, the first year that Grunt Style owned the event, I was just bugging Tim and I was like, hey, when, when, where's it going to be next year? What are the dates going to be next year? And um, how many divisions are there going to be next year? And like Scott and I wanted to start getting ready. And then Tim said, hey, you know, at, at the time, he's like, you've done this more than anyone else and you're, you know, really organized and professional. And would you like to be the match director? And I was like, Holy cow, that had never even occurred to me before. Uh, and I could probably quit rucking. Sure. <laughs> right? Here we are. That is funny. Um, so registration opens this week. Can yeah. you tell us? So you kind of just told us the history. Um, but exactly when and where is the match located for anybody that doesn't know? And when and where should somebody go to sign up? So the match is at U.S. Army Base Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia. It's the first weekend in January, uh, again this year. Um, it's January 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, registration and zero range is on Thursday the 5th. And uh, it's a three-day event. 
to 30 plus miles of rucking, uh, two nights of camping out with all your gear, um, three days of shooting. Uh, that's a really good time. And registration opens this Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. 10 a.m. Eastern time, yep. At, uh, so if somebody wants to get in, what time should they actually register? They need to be on at like 10.01. Uh, match is limited to 100 teams. And last year we sold out the 100 team slots in 47 minutes. It was like a, it was like a two hours or so the year before that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a hot one. And uh, after the 100 match slots sell out, um, we're expecting it will sell out again. I don't know how quickly, but I, I can only tell you what happened last year. Um, we'll put up a Facebook post and we'll take probably 10 teams on a wait list. Uh, we can swap teams in or out kind of up until November 1st. So there's a good so, yeah, paper that has to be uh, submitted, which is why that cut off of November because there's because it's on an army base you have to have a lot of uh, approvals and background checks and those types of things to be able to bring a gun on a army base yeah yeah in addition in addition to be an army base the NSA is based at Fort Gordon so the security there is pretty tight um after pre-registration is done all the competitors will get an email with their background check and security clearance forms we have to get those in by September 15th process those every year we have one or two team members that don't pass the background check for some reason or another um oh, i didn't know that yeah it's uh and I, and i'm not involved in that process at all other than i get the notification that you know and they don't share any details with me or anything they say this this person cannot participate right so so we have a little bit of that to deal with every year and then, uh, then yeah, once the background check's done, security clearance, final registration payment, September 15th, and then we're pretty much on our way. Phew, I passed. <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to remember what you said the first time we got our forms to go on base. Because they do like a background check, background check. And um, we came out and I had like a speeding ticket or something on mine. And she's like, oh. The things you learn about your friends when you go to places like something. yeah but they look yeah, at every uh, single thing there's uh from what i understand there's 15 elements to the background check and security clearance and like the nix check the the check that you go through to buy a firearm is just one of those 15 so it's it's much more thorough than that you know and and we actually had someone with an ffl that did not pass the background check a few years ago so you were like, well, I have an SFL. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's not my decision, right? So yeah, so that's why we do pre-registration so early. There's a lot of paperwork involved. And um, yeah, 100 teams, Thursday, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Don't miss it. That's right. You better get in there quick. So yeah. what do Every you do in the event of somebody not passing the background check? Is there a waiting list or something where someone else can get a chance we uh, after we take the 100 teams uh we will take probably 10 or 12 teams to put on a wait list and we'll submit forms for them as well and um that way we have you know some teams kind of on the sidelines ready to insert if we need to mm -hmm. smart man smart man 
Now, and even Fort Gordon has a deadline for that, you know, but. Well, I mean, that's smart though. They want to know who's there and what's down and that's perfectly understandable. I know they're very accommodating though. I mean, it's not like y'all get one little range that you get to work on. They let, I mean, they let you have a good chunk of the land out there for the running in and out and it's miles and miles. So it's it's amazing, isn't it? I've, uh, I've, I've never been in the military myself. And every time I go to Fort Gordon and I drive on base with my badge, I think, who am I to be driving on army base, right? But let alone with firearms. And then they give us all of these ranges to use. Um, But yeah, Fort Gordon is a great host. Um, MWR, uh, Craig Larson and Dove and MWR staff, what they do for the event, like it, it wouldn't be what it is without um Fort Gordon's MWR and, and Fort Gordon's support. It's uh it's it's bigger than maybe we even expected it would become when we went there for the first time. It's uh, super but cool. How how did that come about? Just like who who got the crazy idea like hey let's go to the Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia and hold like the world's best sniper match ever. Uh I'll tell you whose idea it was originally. What's that? Wasn't Joe Cayley involved? Yeah, Joe. Joe was involved. Uh, Joe and I are friends. Joe's been friends with Tim. Joe lives there in Augusta, right? He spends a lot of time on Fort Gordon. Um, people have told me he's the mayor of Fort Gordon. Um, and, and really, it was his idea and his introduction that that got the ball rolling. Um, and then once it started rolling, it hasn't stopped. Well, you can take the man out of the army, but you can't take the army out of the man. And I have been on base with him before with him driving and he loves nothing more than to see soldiers rucking. And then like, he's like, I'm going to yell at him. I was a, yeah. I was a drill instructor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first, and, I, and I'll still never forget the very first time I went there with him, uh, we were on range road and like we crested the hill and you see that road that's part of the final ruck. That's like, two straight miles that like goes downhill and then back uphill and over the horizon. And, and I was like, holy cow, this is the final ruck. Like, I don't know what else we're going to see today, but like I'm defeated already and I'm in a car and I'm looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's a piece of me still on one of those hills. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this, I know a lot of people have gone to matches before Mm-hmm. and you shoot a stage or two or three and your squad's faster than the squad in front of you and then you get up and there's like a backed up stage and you end up sitting there for an hour just waiting twiddling your thumbs so exactly how do you have everything timed out down to like the minute because you have a clipboard that has like at what time everyone should be wrecking where how long it should take them to shoot that stage and like miraculously they stay on that schedule it doesn't vary you really have it very I think a lot of match directors try to do that but you have it very well it's an oiled machine and you have it great how did you get that that? (laughs) (laughs) um I mean part of it I think comes from my background and my profession in motorsports you know and everything at the racetrack operates on a schedule and you know, the race is going to happen if you're ready or not. Practice is going to happen at a certain time and you have to have race car ready and the crew ready and plans for what you're doing and all that. So kind of my my profession uh, rewards that kind of preparation and planning. 
Um, and also, uh, I have shot in a lot of matches, uh, primarily team matches. Uh, but I've shot, you know, some PRS events years ago and dabbled like with Steel Challenge and stuff like that. But some USPC PSA stuff. Uh, I, I try to get to Guardian Long Range competition a, a, once a year. Um, but a lot of matches that you're talking about and events that you go to that get kind of backed up or behind schedule or something happens. Like I've been a competitor in those matches before and I know how aggravating that is. So I just try really, really hard to plan ahead. Um, try to anticipate what could possibly go wrong and when and try to make things fairly simple and streamlined. The, ma the match is not overly complicated. Uh, and, and I think competitors will tell you the stages are not overly complicated. Um, but to have 100 two-person teams shooting on four ranges a day and rucking 10 or 12 miles a day and crossing paths and going here and there, uh, there's, there's a lot of planning involved but there's also a lot of quality staff involved. And uh, I say this every year, um, Thursday night at the staff meeting, everyone's in the room, uh, 24 RO spotter score people, you know, eight teams of three, eight squad leaders, range control staff, myself, Tim, video people, catering people, like this whole group of people Thursday night. And every year I say, I'm, continually amazed at the quality of the staff and that everyone shows up to put this on really because once the competitors step off in the morning it's it's out of my hands it's in the squad leaders and the people running the stages getting all the teams to rotate through getting on the next ruck right and without the staff making all that happen and keeping to the schedule yeah the whole thing would come unglued so um super fortunate to have high quality staff and a lot of a handful of staff that have worked the match for four years with us. Um, and every year there's some new staff every year. There's three that can't make it, but um, Eric Lundberg, for example, four years, right? He's no slouch in the RO world. Uh, Jason Chris, a competitor, I think six or seven years before joining the staff. Uh, Chuck Fogel, Chris Walker has been there four years. Uh, Kurt Volmer has been a squad leader for four years. Uh, Rob Dalton there in Augusta has been pounding fence posts in the ground with me for four years, right? So schedule one thing, but but staff is is bigger than than that. Yeah, Eric actually said in the comments that all you have to do is threaten to threaten the lead ROs to not be slow, and then it just kind of all handles itself. Well, he might have been threatened a few times, but in general, I don't have to do that. <laughs> I think it helps that, um, you know, the way that it's laid out, it's a very descript, uh, I just almost said job description. I haven't worked too long. Uh, stage description. <laughs> and the ROs read it twice, and then you have five minutes, period. Yeah. It's not yeah. any of this, oh, wait, but but what about, can I can I take the bag and put it there? Like, it, <laughs> right. you know, there's a cutoff. It's not right. just an indefinite amount of time for everybody to ask questions. It's very, nope. And, and a lot of the questions, the ROs, you know, you instruct them not to answer because that's part of it is looking at um, how the team is going to approach it. And so you leave a lot open to interpretation. And right. so a lot of the things they can't really answer, they just kind of repeat what the stage brief says. 
it yeah. says you may do this. <laughs> yeah. And those and those briefs, um, I mean, I've I actually have two of the stages roughed in already, but those briefs are usually done in early November, right? And I have a group that proofreads them for me. And we like talk about what the competitors might think or questions they might ask or, right? And when you have a good staff, you know, that has competed before, that's been on staff before, right? You can read the briefs and go, oh, someone's going to ask this or someone's going to try this or someone's going to, you know, whatever. And, you know, with no gear restrictions and the briefs written the way they are, um, the, the questions are actually pretty few. You know, and every everybody gets what they're there to do and gets the match and um yeah, it's it's part it's part of the challenge. It's good though, it always runs super smooth. I mean, I, I don't think people realize now you've said it twice. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh it is. I, I I appreciate the I appreciate the comment and I like I said, it's it's a lot of planning, it's a lot of work, a lot of meetings at Fort Gordon, it's a lot of meetings with Range Control, um, but it's a, it's a really great staff as well, to make it all happen. You're in Augusta on average. How many times do you come to Augusta before the match? Um, I was there last month for kind of like our first planning meeting. I'll be back next month uh, in August, and then I'll be there at least once a month. Um, and then I'm usually there, you know, two or three times in December, including like the last week, week and a half of December, you know, like my, my holiday planning with the family is like, so we're going here for Christmas. We're going here for Christmas. I got to go to Fort Gordon in between. I got to Fort Gordon before and New Year's Eve at Fort Gordon. And then, yeah, spend a lot of time there. Hey, at least they got good fireworks. I can see them from the house. <laughs> how far of a drive is it for you down here it's like three hours so it's not bad do they do fireworks on new year's i thought they did i know they do july 4th i didn't know they did new year's but i don't know i don't know i'm in between that and patriots park so i just can kind of find a find high ground and look up i spent a few new year's eves with rob pounding fence posts in the ground that's I, I spend my New Year's Eve lately. That's funny. Greg, are there any lives on there? Eric just said the word of the day is defilade. Defilade? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a fun stage. It's an important skill set. Um, Regina just said those are her favorites. Yeah. It's uh and it's interesting that you know we've had a defilade target, you know, on and off, you know, for a few years or and uh, we do a staff shoot on Wednesday leading into the match. We kind of just travel around and shoot all the stages with the staff. And the, the defilade thing, and I'm, I'm in reality uh, probably a better spotter than shooter, right? But I've, I talked three staff members onto that target in two or three rounds last year on the staff shoot. Now we hadn't rucked 12 miles that day and we hadn't shot two other stages and we ate a good breakfast and lunch, right? So it's maybe not fair to compare, but uh, it's a it's a pretty basic 
skill set that everyone should have, especially if you're coming to Mammoth. (laughs) You heard it here. Yeah, yeah. You heard it on the shooter's mindset. I'm going to... uh, I'm, I'm going to do the interview for a second, Jen, and ask you about competing last year. It was fun. I remember uh, I remember doing this two years ago, and then I remember you saying you wanted to compete, and I was looking forward to seeing you there. Um, what did you think from the competitors' shoes? I loved it. It, it was the most fun match I think I've ever done. Um, I love the team aspect. Uh, my teammate Haley was great and we really just had a blast. I mean, we went into it, you know, we were, I think the only girl, girl team, um, you know, I've done PRS, never done a match like this. I'm old. (laughs) Uh, Haley has not shot as much, but is in much better physical shape. So we kind of, we're both going into it like, Oh, what are we doing? Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of expectations, but we really wanted to have fun. Yeah. And so we had a blast. It was so fun to me, the mm-hmm. dynamic of the team, because I've shot team matches before that were like, um, okay, on this stage, shooter one takes their pistol and engages these targets. And then shooter two will take this and go and, and engage the, right? So you're you're doing your own separate things. Yeah your scores combine right well it wasn't just you got to do this and I got to do that it was a lot of things we had to work together I mean the defilade alone like she which we missed it but she I mean Greg was spotting for it and he said that we like she talked me onto it and it we were just off yeah Um, so we got super close and but it, it, that's a huge team dynamic where she had to, you know, think about what I'm seeing, tell me something to look at and, you know, go four feet to the right of that pole. And mm-hmm. it's just over the ridge, you know, and, and trying to understand each other. So the communication was huge. Yeah. And it's the best fun. I mean, to me, if you want to go shoot a match just to have some fun with a buddy and you're yeah. close to that per- that person yeah um Ailey and I don't live near each other so we really weren't even all that close but we you know talked a lot on the phone the during the year getting yeah. ready you get close by spending three days together yes yeah and it it's just a lot of fun to I mean, we ended up laughing at ourselves more than anything I mean yeah yeah it was great my favorite stage was the zip tie stage <laughs> Man, we we did good on that stage, but we laughed so hard. So for anybody that wasn't at Mammoth and doesn't know, so it starts, you're given the stage brief before you can see the the area, okay? The so they are, tell you- They're all blind. Yeah. Yep, and they're all blind. And you're trying to imagine in your head. So the stage brief went something like, uh, you will start in the starting position and there will be a task that must be done before you proceed up the hill. Yeah, a task with a hand tool. With a hand tool, yes. A task with a hand tool must be completed before you can go up the hill. So we're all like, what hand tool do they have? What? So then we go around the building and it's our turn to go. And the ROs are like, sit down. And so like, I sat down like on my feet because I wanted to be in a way to pop up. They're like, no, put your feet in front of you. And I was like, what? 
So we sit on our, all the way on our butts and put our feet in front of us. And then they get these zip ties that are about like this. I mean, I think I remember you saying you about got arrested because people thought you were going to kill people and tie them up when you were buying all these zip ties. <laughs> but they take this zip tie that's like this long and they zip tied our ankles together. Mm-hmm. Like like my two ankles together and her not, we weren't attached, but, and then there was like a gravel road and then a bucket that had the hand tool in it. And so we have our packs on when we start too. So we're sitting on our butts with our pack on with our legs zip tied together and they say engage. And so we had to figure out how to get there. So I like start trying to, I took my pack off real fast and start trying to like lean on the pole to stand myself up. I look over, Haley looks like a fish on the ground flopping. She's on her (laughs) belly going over and gets to that bucket before I can even get my butt stood up. Mm -hmm. And she clips hers and come over and clips mine. And then we run up there. So it, and then the other part of that stage that was so fun is once we got up there, there was some pistol. And then the rifle, though, was alternating shots. And I thought that was the most fun because, you know, once we found our target and we got settled, it was, you know, we had to time it. Like one of us had to hit before the other one could go, I think. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if you saw an impact, I would just go ahead and pull the trigger for mine to go next because, we're, you know, it's timed. Yeah. But it was the most, we had to have teamwork and it was like the most fun ever. So yeah. I some, loved some great video of that stage too. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, was lots of uh, different techniques for getting from uh, seated with your ankles bound to the bucket with tool in it. Hopping, rolling, crawling, jumping, <laughs> shimmying. Like, or something. Yeah. It was great. I'm not sure which would be more fun to watch people try and worm or hobble or fall to to get a tool or watch people learn what the word defilade means in real life. (laughs) Because that's the thing. There's a lot of people that, you know, just didn't know what the word meant and complete the stage. And at the end of the stage would still not understand that person, A, the shooter could not see the target. And, you know, person B is like, how did you not see that? It's this big, giant target. How do you miss it? It's, it was huge. You mm-hmm. just couldn't see it from the shooting position, right? Once you, got, once you got to the top of the stairs, it was huge, right? Yeah. Um, it was interesting. I talked to a couple of shooters, a couple of team members after the match that told me, like, they completely bombed that stage because they had, like, a plan to game the system or, like, they thought they understood something in the brief that they were going to do this instead of that or something. And I was like, the, the brief was pretty straightforward. One person goes top of the steps, the other person shoots from shooting position and you talk them onto the defilade target. I, was, I thought the brief was pretty clear. I'm like, oh, we were going to do this or we were going to try this and we thought we could do this instead of that. And I was like, just, just follow the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the the one of the keys to being successful as a competitor is just the ability to follow instructions. Listen, listen to the, listen to the brief, know what targets you're shooting, know what targets your partner is shooting. Right. And, and shoot them. And, and every year there's teams where partners shoot the wrong targets or sometimes they're differentiated by color and they shoot the wrong colors or shape and they shoot the wrong shape. And they, I can't remember what they said in the brief or I didn't write it down or you know, like 
I mean, you have to know how to shoot to do mammoth, but you have to know how to communicate even more. Mm. And it, it's twofold. You have to know how to communicate clearly to a partner and you have to learn how to listen to your partner and the stage briefs. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that's, you know, it sounds so simple. We'll just listen to the stage brief and do exactly what they say. Well, okay, that's <laughs> super easy and you think. And right. then you get the clock and pressure and there's tricks out there you don't realize, you know, like, you know, you're going to hit the round targets with red poles and there's 58 round targets out there <laughs> and only three of them have red poles, <laughs> you know, right. or there's other things out there that confuse you or like the year that you had the red target. Mm. That, was, that, that was actually one of my, in four years, one of my favorite stages was the stage brief said there were four torsos and they were white, green, blue, and yellow. And you had to engage them each with three rounds. And we also put a red torso out there and it was like 200 yards right in the clear. Anyone could see it. And that red torso was the most hit target of the match. And I watched teams, I mean, wear that thing out and good teams too and good shooters. They were hitting it. You know, and they kept hitting it and hitting, and the staff is like, you know, not a word. I'm like, I'm, I'm hitting that red target. Why aren't you calling hits? <laughs> why are you not? Why are you not calling hits? You know, yeah, that poor red target it took a beating that day. But I mean, that's a great example of you know, listen to the brief, you know, write it down if you have to, and then execute the assignment. Right, and that's. It's, it's just a lot. People that haven't done it are like, well, how hard can it be? It's a lot to think about. You have to think about everything. Like it might be that shooter A goes, um, you know, primary shoots and then drop your mag in secondary shoots. Well, secondary might start shooting and primary still has mag in. So they're not going to call anything. And they're like, what, right. what, why aren't you calling it? And they have to stop and evaluate. Okay. What are we doing wrong that they're not calling the hits for? Mm -hmm. Um, so communication is just like huge, being able to listen and um, react. And if that RO is not calling impact when you're hitting something, something's wrong. You need to stop mm -hmm. and figure out what it is. So yeah, communication for sure. Teamwork, marksmanship, uh, physical ability, um, mental toughness is one that a lot of people don't talk about. But the first year that I was match director, uh, we had uh, a couple of people from the Army Marksmanship Unit on the staff, right? And and they had been on staff at Mammoth's past, right? And they had seen me as a competitor. And they were like, oh, we used to laugh at you all the time when you guys would come through and you'd make this mistake and that mistake and all that. And I was like, I didn't know you were laughing at us, you know? But, you know, and then they said, like, you got to be careful on Saturday and everyone's got to be even more heads up on Sunday because competitors get tired. Right. And when you get tired, you make mistakes, uh, engaging the wrong targets, you know, moving to the wrong place, being in the wrong position. You know, uh, Friday morning, the first stage, everyone's, you know, pretty proficient at by Saturday night and Sunday morning, just, you know, with the physical, the ruck, 10, 12 miles a day with sleeping outside, with sleeping on the ground, you know, packing your own food, wherever you're eating. That's cold, you're up early, all of that stuff. It 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 wears on you for sure. You Part throw of off tricks. <laughs> oh, I did like the last stage a lot too. 
the last we had to shoot that, each other's oh, rifles. Yeah, and the then pole it support, was the yeah. offhand. Uh, you couldn't use a bipod. You couldn't use a strap. You couldn't use anything except that pole that was right there. Perfectly good like, pole to use as support. Yeah. Like, how am I going to do that? And it was for ten shots. You just stand there and try and hit a target at five hundred yards. And you killed that, of, didn't you? Look, so like first three, I'm like steady and not getting it. And then I found it and I like honed in and found my rhythm of when to pull that trigger. And dude, I hammered that thing. Yeah. 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 With your partner's it. with your partner's rifle as well. With her rifle that I had never yeah. done, a two, two, three. I'd never shot it. I yep. saw uh, I saw something today that I did not see at the match. Um and I don't know if you guys have watched all of the Mammoth videos on the Grunt Style YouTube channel. There's four episodes about last year's event. And the final episode just came out yesterday. And in the process of kind of proofing that, doing the final edits, I saw somebody shooting that last stage and their partner was left-handed. So this person was shooting right-handed with a left-handed bolt gun. And like up against that pole, you like break the shot and then reach over the top and run the bolt with this hand, right? And then come oh back and shoot again. Yeah, it's it's in the video. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Let's say I've seen the first three and they're it's super high quality stuff. Yeah, they're uh the videos uh turned out really nice this year. Um if anyone's if anyone was at the match and you want to see yourself in the video, check them out. Uh if anyone's never shot Mammoth before and they're interested, right? It gives you really good uh in insight kind of behind the scenes look at what goes on there um i think all the sponsors are well represented in the videos um and you can learn a lot just watching the other people you know execute the stages mm-hmm. so uh, they're all on the grunt style youtube channel uh there's links to all of them on the mammoth facebook page as well awesome i'll have to catch four i've seen the first three and they're killer but it's been a busy couple of days and i haven't seen four yet I'll tell you what else is really cool in the fourth episode too is the finish line shot of competitors finishing the final rock and crossing the finish line. Um, uh, and every time we're there and that happens, like I remember uh, Scott Whitehead and I finishing in 2017 at Rock Castle. Um, just as a competitor, the feeling that you have when you cross the finish and like, holy crap, we've done it. Right. I mean, there's a there's an accomplishment just in finishing the mm-hmm. event. Right. And and every year we have like a 20 or 25 percent dropout rate. Right. But I, I remember that feeling as a competitor. But then as match director standing there at the finish line and like hearing all the competitors cheering for the other competitors as they finish. Like that's that's really cool, mm-hmm. regardless of how you shot or where you finished. It's your first mammoth or your sixth, whatever. Like being there at the finish line on Sunday is is super cool. It is always cool. Yeah, I've I've came and hung out there before in the past with it being so close to the house and just you know watching my friends that decided to abuse themselves for three days. It was it was fun to see them. Finish. And you see people like cross the line and they're like, I am never gonna do that again. And then they sit down and they drink a bottle of water and they're like, What's the hey so next year? What's the plan? <laughs> right. So so this is uh obviously we've kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. It's not just a one-man show, you do have a huge staff that helps put it on. Um, both Jennifer and myself have had the opportunity to RO Mammoth. It was just it was an awesome experience. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to try it. Well, I am going to try and do it again next year. We'll see how schedule plays out, but it is a would like to do. Um, what should somebody do if they are interested in volunteering? Um, you can message us at the Mammoth Sniper Challenge Facebook page. Uh, Tim and I get all those messages and we try to respond pretty quickly. So the, the most direct route is to message us through Facebook. Uh, you can email me at matchdirector at mammothsniperchallenge.com, um, and I'll respond to that pretty quickly. Um, we build a staff list throughout the year. I've already sent the email out to past staff members and got a lot of responses from them, um, but it is a great way as well, uh, especially if someone's thinking about competing in a year or two, or they're like training to get in physical shape to, to compete. Um, or they want to get into team matches, but they're not sure they're ready yet. Uh, working on the staff is a great way to see the event, to see how the stages run, to see the ruck layouts. And, and every year we have two or three or four past staff members that become competitors. And every year we have three, four or five competitors that become staff members. Um, so uh, email match director at mammothcyberchallenge.com or message on the Facebook page if, if you want to get on the staff. So now I'm going to do that thing like you did before. Um, so, hey, Jennifer, as um, an RO turned competitor, how did ROing Mammoth help you um, compete in your, in your first Mammoth Sniper Challenge? Oh, it, it, there's no other way to prepare. Well, you can take classes. But even doing so, I think seeing it definitely helped to know what, um, you know, what might be thrown at us. Now, I only saw with ROing, I only saw the stages that I ROed. So, but I got to see three stages that way the year that I did it. Um, and so you kind of get an idea of what is going on and what might get thrown at you. It, it When you get to watch a bunch of different teams you really learn by like, oh, they screwed that up. Let's not do that. I mean, I learned by screwing up. That's how I learn. That's how we all learn, right? Is when I screw up. And so when I watch somebody else screw up and can learn from it, it's less painful on me. So, you know, to be able to watch teams, people are going to mess up. There's going to be things that get botched. Even the top competitors still botch things, right? That things happen. They didn't see a target. They, you know, mental mistakes will happen so to be able to watch and catch some of the things that um like i the thing i think about is i rode with eric and it was a stage where they had to call their target uh there were three targets out there that for each primary had three and secondary had three and they had to say big medium or small or left middle right you know, however they wanted to say it, they had to call which one they were going to engage. The spotter um, and the scorer have to know what a person is pulling the trigger at, right? right. Or, or you can't score. And we had told them point blank, and there was enough wind out there that somebody might have been aiming at one and hit another one. So, mm-hmm. you know, you had to say, which one are you? So we had told them, you must call your target every single time. If you want to hit the big one 10 times, you have to say, big pull the trigger right big pull the trigger big pull the trigger big pull the trigger you know you have to say it every time people go big and we go impact and then they go why are you not calling impact i'm hitting it and and eric would just come off the glass and be like 
<laughs> and they're like, the RO's not even looking. <laughs> and until somebody, until he called the target again, he wouldn't look in the glass because it didn't matter if he hit or not. It's you didn't follow it. So that really stuck with me. And so it's, I was. It's, it's in the brief, right? Listen to the brief two times, take notes and, and execute, right? What's in the brief. Yep. Um, sounds simple, but it's not. It's not. So things like that you see and you learn like how easy it is to screw because you think, well, I mean, okay, sure. I'll call it. You don't realize how, because it was not one team. It was a lot of teams that forgot to call it. Um, and so it kind of stuck with me like, oh, I've got to really, they're not kidding. Like I have to call it and make sure. So things like that are things that you can't get by just watching a video or talking to a friend. Um, it really helps to see it and see team after team after team do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, it's a Mike Tyson quote. I think everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face and we've never actually punched anyone in the face at the Mammoth Sniper Challenge, but it's, but it's a lot like that, you know, even after listening to the brief twice and asking questions and taking notes, you know, so many of the blind stages, you round the corner, crest the hill. And then it's like, oh, this does not look like I was expecting you to look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a common thing I have when shooting matches. It's like the men in black are standing there and as soon as the beep starts, they, they the do the flash thing, just wipes everything. Yeah, yeah. Gone. So yeah. in addition to the support of the staff, there's also a lot of industry support and sponsorship of this match. Um, we've literally had, uh, I sent you a message, Hunters HD Gold commented in the in the comments that they're interested in sponsoring Mammoth um, for next year. So yeah, yet another one. Um, let's take a minute and kind of talk about some of these awesome sponsors because you know we already talked about how much work you put in, how much work all the staffs put in. Yes. How about some sponsors? Yes. Well, obviously, Grunt Style and, and owning the event and, and letting us do what we do and supporting that, right? They're a huge supporter. Um, and Vortex Optics, like uh, compliments on your hat there. Uh, they have uh, returned as the title sponsor for our fifth year. Uh, they support uh, some Fort Gordon teams that compete every year. There's a Vortex team competing every year. And in addition to what they do and the support they put behind Mammoth, right, they're huge in the shooting sports in general, right, and team matches uh, across the country. And, you know, I talk to Nick uh, pretty regularly, and, and, I, and I always ask him, like, is there anything else we can be doing for Vortex? Because they've they put so much behind the Mammoth Sniper Challenge, um, and it, we don't, you know, we don't want to take that for granted. We don't want competitors and fans to, you know, you don't don't gloss over that because it's a huge commitment. Um, and and what Vortex puts behind Mammoth, uh, we we couldn't do it without what they do for us as well. Um, and we have a bunch of stage sponsors that have been with us for four years now: uh, Proof Research, uh, Beretta. Forgot to mention uh, Todd Van Langen earlier with the uh, Tika and Beretta has been on staff for four years as well. Uh, Thunder Beast Arms, uh, Eberly Stock, Proof Research, uh, Best Targets. Um, so long list of stage sponsors that have been with us for four years as well. Prize table contributors of all sizes, right? And we're always happy to add more sponsors because all of that goes right to the competitors. Um, so kind of the same thing applies there. 
Yeah, as a uh, same thing applies there as the staff member comment. You can, uh, if anyone's interested in becoming a sponsor from prize table contributor up to presenting sponsor, stage sponsor, ruck sponsor, uh, they can message us on the Facebook page again. Uh, they can email me directly at matchdirector at mammothsniperchallenge.com. And we're also always looking for uh, sponsors or supporters that have like some kind of unique way they want to be represented in the match. We've uh, we've not done any stage guns, but we have used some sponsors gear and in, in stages and things. So we get some emphasis on certain products that way as well. But it's a great it's a great audience. It's a great opportunity to get exposure on Fort Gordon. Uh, Grunt Style and Grunt Style Outdoors social media reach is huge, and we promote a lot of sponsors through that. Uh, the videos that we're putting out now uh, uh, get a lot of exposure for the sponsors. So, yes, we could not do what we do without sponsors. Sponsors are always important. Greg, you want to midpoint it? Yep. So we're about at the midpoint of the show. A reminder, if you're watching us live on Facebook, ask any questions you may have in the comment section of the video. We'll ask it live on air. Um, other ways to catch us, you can always check back on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. The videos stay up there forever. We usually upload all the podcasts um, to all the different podcast apps the night after the show. Um, and then finally, everything eventually ends up on the Shooter's Mindset YouTube page. Um, that's a great place to look up past episodes. As we were talking about four, we're on episode 381. Um, so, you know, there's a couple other on here um, about Mammoth Sniper Challenge that we've done, as well as pretty much anything else shooting related. So check it out. So are there any changes this year? I feel like that's the question of the hour. Any changes that you're willing to talk about? I know um, last year there were a, a good many changes, actually. Uh, everyone had to compete in Tough Man last year. Yes. Uh, having the different divisions. I know there were some surprises on sign-in day for some people. There was one surprise, yeah. And I, and I thought we had made this perfectly clear all year through social media, registration, the rules and all that. But uh, when I first became involved in Mammoth as a competitor, there were three divisions, uh, tough man, uh, regular division, where you did all the rucking and shooting, but you didn't camp out. And at one point in time, there was an open division where you could drive your vehicle from stage to stage and shoot the stages, but not do all the, the tough man stuff. And as years have gone on, we have whittled away at the other divisions. And last year, for the first time, the event was an all tough man event. And our, our plan is to stick with that. Um, even as an all tough man event, uh, we sold out the 100 team slots in 47 minutes. That is really what the Mammoth Sniper Challenge is all about. There are other team matches where you can shoot various divisions, but Mammoth will continue to be a tough man only event. It's, it's an extreme challenge. Um, and that's, that's how we're going to continue uh, going forward. Uh, and yeah, I happened to be at the sign in table last year when it, when a team was signing in and uh, signing their waivers, stuff like that. And I, I heard like overheard over my shoulder and say something, Oh, we're, we're staying at a hotel when, what do we have a different schedule? And I, I turned and I was like, you're, you're, you're doing what? I'm like, Oh yeah, we're not, we're not in tough man. We're in regular division. And I was like, there, there is no regular division this year. When you signed up online, it, it said specifically tough man only. And they were like, well, what are we supposed to do? And I was like, I don't know, but the brief is tomorrow morning at 6.30. <laughs> are, are, are you in or you out, right? And I, 
I think they went and like bought camping gear and everything and they showed up the next morning. So, so yeah, there was a surprise uh, team last year, but yes, tough man only again. Uh, beyond that, I think everybody noticed last year we ratcheted up the level of difficulty a little bit. Targets got smaller and farther away. Uh, ruck distances got a little bit longer um, throughout the three days. And the final ruck, um, people will read or see in the video, uh, historically has been five miles. And we have only had like, you know, by the time you get to Sunday afternoon, you usually you've weeded out the people that aren't going to make it. Um, we've only had like one person fail that last five mile ruck in the first three years. So last year we bumped that up to seven mile. Same thing. One competitor did not finish the, the final seven mile ruck. So I'm not saying that it's going to be longer, but, um, it's, it's gotten a little bit more difficult every year and it will probably get a little bit more difficult next year. This year, you're going to make them climb trees, and <laughs> there's not going to be any tree climbing. But I will say this: uh, Mark Kuchka, a staff member and former competitor, uh, is a big obstacle racer now, and uh, he has thrown some suggestions my way of mm -hmm. things that that we might be able to include in in stages or or in route. Um, so I'm not not saying that we are aren't going to do anything um last year the ruck routes went in different directions and we used different ranges than we had used in years past uh there could be some more different ranges involved some different ruck routes um can't control the weather but maybe it'll be colder at night who knows <laughs> it's not going to get easier i can promise you that It'll, it'll be the same nice warm temperature in my bedroom. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> That's always nice. Do we have any lives, Greg? Um, Eric asked a little while ago, will Mo make an appearance this year? Mo, oh, yeah. So um, good friends of mine, Facebook friends and stuff know that I have a, a dog this year. My fiance, Hannah, uh, convinced me that we needed a dog and I've, not been a dog person for 50 years, but everyone that knows me now knows that Mo, the golden retriever is like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, uh, I would like him to come to Mammoth this year. We need to do some firearms training with Mo, but, uh, but I hope that he makes an appearance, yes. That's pretty funny. Uh, the other lives? He's, uh, he's sleeping right outside the office door here, listening to the podcast. <laughs> You put him to sleep. Ooh. No, no. I did. I think I told you I picked up all the squeaky toys though before we started. So, <laughs> so uh, oh yeah, Scott missed out on it. Scott Peterson showed up in the uh, comments. Speaking of AMU guys, he's didn't he sign up and not make it to the match? He day? signed up and did not make it last year, but I understand he's planning to sign up again this year. Um, Scott, you better get a fast computer, dude. It's out here. It's going to sell it even faster this year. Uh, Eric Lumberg said he's heard zip lines. That would be, um, oh, can we, can we, can we do no. a zip line? I don't think that there will be any zip lines, but I didn't say no. <laughs> I'll come help set it up. Um, Scott also asked, uh, will secondary shooter yardage max still be around the typical 800 yards? Yes. 
Secondary shooters uh, are required to shoot 223 or 308, and the secondary targets will be no farther than 800 yards. Primary shooters can shoot up to 30 caliber, uh, 3,100 feet per second, I think is the number in the rules, and no magnum calibers, um, which is a Fort Gordon rule. Uh, primary rifle targets, there will be a couple out to 1,100. Um, I think anyone that's shot mammoth in the past would tell you the majority of the targets are closer than those maximum numbers, but there, there will be a few at that distance. Uh, pistols, uh, nine millimeter or, or greater, no rimfire, um, any size pistol, any magazine capacity, any kind of pistol you're willing to carry for three days. Uh, last year, the farthest pistol target was 78 yards up three yards from the year before of 75. That's a, that's a sporty pistol shot there. That is a sporty pistol shot, but you know what? There are some people that are money at 78 yards with a pistol. I'm trying to remember which stage that was on. Um, it was, stage was called Long Reach. Uh, it was at range 14. Um, Sean Murphy was one of the staff there. It was uh, two really far pistol targets and some really far out rifle targets straight down the middle of range, uh, range 17. Hmm. Yeah. It must have not been that hard if she can't remember it. Move them out. It's all, it's all a blur, isn't it? <laughs> it is all a blur. I mean, big time, it's a blur. Like as we're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. And oh yeah, I remember doing that. I did really good on pistol on one of the stages, the bunker stage. I did really good on that one. Also, uh, that was seventy-eight yards. Eric, Eric requested an entire stage of red torsos. A what? An entire stage of red torsos? Yeah. <laughs> um, a bunch of red ones and make one be orange, and that's the one they have to shoot. Oh no, that's just mean. Uh, I'll do something that, to differentiate them better between red and orange. Maybe like red and yellow. Yeah, yeah. So, so like we said earlier, I mean, sometimes you have to shoot targets in order of color. Sometimes shoot them in order of size. Sometimes primary and secondary targets are differentiated by different colors or different shapes. Um, you say, pay pay attention. Pay attention, follow instructions, and and help your teammate, right? That's part of the teamwork in addition to communication and all that stuff, right? It, I mean, I remember as a competitor, there's there's times over the three days where I was like, I'm done, you know? And your partner gets you to the next, you know, milestone or next finishing point, right? And then later in the day, the, your partner's like, oh, man, I got a blister. I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, I'm like, you're, you're, you're going to make it. Like, I told you I wasn't going to make it an hour ago, and I did. And now, you know, that, that's just part of it. You, you work together. Don't, don't leave your teammate behind and um, work as a team to get to the finish line. Scott wants to know what cool new noisemakers Tim got for the campsite at night this year. You know, I never know what Tim's plans are for Saturday night. Uh, but that some of that is highlighted in the episode four video as well. Um, and I always tell him like, I'm going to sleep at 11 o'clock, uh, or sooner. 
and I'm going to be up at 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, ready for the brief. And what you do between those hours is <laughs> between, <laughs> between you and the competitors, right? And then it's like Sunday morning at the brief, I hear about, oh, did you hear this? Did you hear this? They did this. And I was like, no, I was, I was asleep. I missed that. I, I still want to know how much money he paid Fort Gordon to tell all of the competitors competitors that they have to put their ammo in a uh, Ziploc bag and lock it up at night so they can't shoot back. That's, that's actually a Fort Gordon range control policy is the ammo must be secured overnight. Yeah, so when you arrive at the campsite, all the ammo gets checked in. And when you leave in the morning, you pick it up on the way out. Um, I've had competitors argue with me before about Magnum calibers and uh, 6.5 PRC or 300 Win Mag or this or that. And it's a, it's a Fort Gordon range control policy that Magnum calibers are not allowed. Right. And I know. Why don't you just go tell the general what needs to happen? <laughs> I, I, know, uh, I know enough about ballistics. I can have all of the conversations, but that's a rule on base. And we're we're fortunate and happy to be on Fort Gordon, you know, with the competition and we will abide by Fort Gordon's rules. That's that's how it goes. The mammoth rules I write. Right. The Fort Gordon rules are the Fort Gordon rules. And that's, that's right. That's that's what we that's what we live by, right? True story. Any more lives? Uh, are there any new safety procedures this year? Bolt removal, chamber flags, vertical rifle carry, anything like that? Uh, you know, horizontal rifle carry is always a hot topic. Every year, there's somebody that gets poked in the head by a horizontal rifle on a pack. We've not done anything to limit that. When the rifles leave the stage, they're clear. Uh, competitors clear them. Staff checks that they're clear. That rifle is cold rifle leaving the stage on its way to the next stage. When you arrive at the next stage, all the firearms get grounded downrange. Um, I don't think that we're going to require bolt removal. We have not required chamber flags in years past. It's a conversation every year. Um, it's an, it's another level of difficulty, you know, taking things apart, putting flags in, putting them in a rug, taking them back out. Um, I don't have off the top of my head any safety-related rule changes um, for next year, but we will put the rules on the website when they're updated. We'll send everything out to the competitors if there's any substantial changes, right, so they're aware. We'll review them in the brief, but um, it's been very very safe match that the level of competitors that come to Mammoth, even the first time competitors, right? It's a, it's a pretty high caliber group, right? And the staff overseeing them, we've already touched on that, uh, high quality staff. And in addition, uh, Fort Gordon supplies of OIC range, uh, range safety officer RSO and OIC officer in charge of each range. So there's another level of safety in Fort Gordon's staff kind of looking over our staff's shoulder and the competitor's shoulders, right? And, and every year there's a few stage stoppages for some safety concern. Um, every year they get addressed and, and we move on, right? But it's, it, it, first and foremost, it has to be safe, right? And it's, it's very dynamic. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot going on, right? But first and foremost, it has to be safe and 
I've, I've never had any competitors uh, be upset with any safety, anything. Right, that's, that's the way it has to be. Are you good on lives? You reacted like maybe there was something funny? Probably something that's not suitable for the podcast. <laughs> Scott said it's probably <coughs> probably higher caliber now that I'm not on staff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's an amazing group. And and the staff members, you know, some of them I'm really good friends with and talk to every week. And some of them I check in with throughout the year. And some I see once a year, you know, at the event. And everybody rolls in on Thursday. Everyone gets their assignment and everyone gets to work and 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 gets it done. It's really easy to overlook, you know, as especially as a competitor. You know, you're so busy, you're doing what you're doing, you're concentrating on this, listening to the brief, taking notes, rucking, fixing the blister on your foot, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's easy to overlook what the staff is doing, you know, for you and for the event. But but also I think you see in episode four one competitors thanking the staff, right? Which is Super nice. A lot of good stuff in episode four. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, when we get off, I'm going to just click over, pull it up, and watch it. I saw it pop up while I was writing the notes for this, and it would have been good research, but, you know, I had to get them done. This uh, this week is always an exciting week, right, because pre-registration opens on Thursday, and then, you know, by the end of the week, we'll know who's in. Who's um, in? Right. And it's always interesting for me to see right away, like, you know, who from the top 10 last year is coming back, you know, like our last year's winner. I don't know if last year's winners are coming back or not. Um, and then you look like, see, you know, who in the top five is coming back, you know, and then who's going to be competitive. And then there's always some names on the entry list that I recognize from other shooting genres, I guess. Like, oh, that guy, you know, that, whoa, I recognize that person. They've never been before, you know, and then. You know, there's obviously there's people whose names I don't recognize, right? And they show up and, you know, do awesome as well. Um, so it's exciting, you know, you know, in that regard. And then I watched episode four when it, it got wrapped up yesterday. And like, I, I get excited about the event, like more than ever this week. Because like this week is when it really starts rolling. You know, I start working on stage race, Fort Gordon meetings, field will be set, get emails from staff members looking forward to, you know, Next year, you're getting emails from sponsors uh, joining us. All the training for Mammoth Post. All the training for Mammoth Post, which, you know, again, I was I was probably in the best shape of my life in 2017. Um, the last one of the last the last year I, I competed. Um, and at the time, I, I was 47 years old then. Right. And, you know, some. Some people just show up and do it like it's no big deal, you know, and some yeah, people they're also 25. <laughs> well, well, there's that, you know, but I mean, there's like, you know, like, you know, you know, guys that won last year, you know, they came from out West and they were like, yeah, we, we go hunting in the mountains all the time. This is, this is all pretty flat ground. We can do this without any trouble, you know? And then you see, like, like I said, the 25 year old, you know, active military guys, you know, smoking the rucker out. And, uh, you know, I still remember, uh, you know, the first year I was match director, Billy Nix was there. He had had his knee replaced a year before. Mm -hmm. right? And his goal with his knee replacement was to finish Mammoth. 
like that was one of the one of the epic finish line crossings since I've been match director was Billy Nix coming around the corner and crossing the finish line. Yeah, like it gives me goosebumps talking about it. It was super cool. Yeah, and we're, so we're a lot of people there. have a, a lot of people have a physical reason to compete. You know, they want to get in better shape. They want to prove they can do something at a at a certain age or you know certain something. It's a it's a bucket list event for a lot of people. You know, and then they then either get hooked and come back, or they or say, they say never again. <laughs> yeah, with that, yeah. That's yeah. it. So we've had a lot of talk about, uh, like the, they were talking about training in the West Coast and all. There's been some rumors about a Mammoth West Coast. What there have been some rumors, yes. Um, it It's definitely uh, an event that has a lot of name recognition, right? There's some prestige maybe to the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. Like I said, it's a, it's a bucket list item. People come from the West Coast, you know, people come from the Northeast, and we had competitors from Canada, and we've had some competitors from Europe over the years. And every year, the event sells out quicker and quicker, right? So the next obvious question is, should we do another one? And, and we do want to do another one. We want to do another mammoth, you know, west of the Mississippi. Um, it... It will be on active military installation, just like Fort Gordon is. Uh, it will have to be a facility with enough ranges and enough landscape to, to do the ruck routes, things like that, right? It's, a, it's another relationship with a MWR group and it would be another relationship with a range control group. Um, and it would be a lot of planning where we have talked to several bases about it, um, but we're not gonna do it until we know we can do it at the same level that we run the event at Fort Gordon, right? And and the distance to a place out west will make it more challenging, right? So it might it might need a person based on the west coast, for example, to help organize it, staff it, things like that. So yes, uh, as the you know Tim as the owner, myself as the match director, uh, Vortex as the title sponsor, right? We want to do another one. We want it to be out west. We want it to be on active military installation. Uh, we want it to have the same elements that we have now, right, in a different setting. Um, there will be people from the East Coast register and go out there and maybe it will draw some more people out West. Um, we've, we've teased it in some social media. There are some rumors going around, but yes, there are, there are definitely conversations ongoing. And as soon as there's something to know We'll schedule another podcast to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's in the works. The, the the rumor mill is sensitive. Yeah, sensitive. <laughs> so uh, Scott Peterson actually requested extra barbed wire this year on the stages for him. Extra barbed wire. Yeah, Let me did. make a note. Extra barbed wire for Peterson. Yeah, just and for him. Yeah, yeah just for everyone. Make yeah. sure he wears the most expensive jacket he can, too. I've had uh, a few we people. thought you didn't make the background check last year, and that's why you couldn't come. Uh, <laughs> now, there, there, uh, I promise you there will be barbed wire at some time over the three days. There's, but competitors will encounter barbed wire every year. It's a staple of the event. Uh, be ready for it, and don't get your feelings hurt when you get there. It's not that bad, really. 
I laughed really hard going to the barbed wire because, it, because well, why? I was like that's not that bad but like you're having to crawl up last year anyway we we're having to crawl up the stairs the barbed wire is over you so you have to stay down and you have your pack on so or take your pack off and try and drag it up with you it was um I, I had more trouble getting up the stairs because I was laughing so hard than I did because you of the laugh, barbed wire. You laughed at the barbed wire. See? I was, yep. <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah. And then I got up on that stage. Then when we got up there, we laughed some more because what we thought was going to be what our position was going to be was not what our position could be. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just because some of the ranges are the same does not mean it's going to look the same when you get there. Nope. Yeah, there's a and had a little obstacle we did not expect, and we we're like, "Oh, we won't be modified prone on this." Okay, <laughs> there, is, there is, you know, there are some advantages to being a past competitor and kind of knowing the lay of the land and where you might be going or what you might see. But there's also, you know, maybe a liability in thinking you know what's coming next and it's not. It's a true story. I wonder what would be what's worse, being blind or having false expectations. Hmm. That's one to ponder on. We'll, we'll 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 circle back around to that. You think about that after the podcast is over and get back to. <laughs> so, if people have been listening this long, they're obviously quite interested in Mammoth. We've been gabbing for a little bit. Is there any teeny tiny itsy witsy little hint you might want to drop for them? You know, like maybe Google the definition of the word deflate or something like that that might be helpful for Mammoth 2023? Um, for new competitors, I would say search the internet for after action reports. Um, there's a lot of competitors, past competitors that have written kind of like summaries of their experience, uh, posted them online in various places. I know on the Best Targets website, we have quite a few AARs from Mammoth and some other team events, right? So you can learn, you can learn a lot. I mean, if someone's willing to share their experience like that, you you need to read it and you need to learn from it, right? Uh, Sean Murphy and uh, Greg Hamilton have done quite a few after action reports after their countless wins. Um, you know, you can learn a lot from them. Uh, the Mammoth videos again, right? Just you know, for for first time competitors. You know, find out, study, learn all you can, right? I've had, you know, I get, we put out a question and answer document every year, usually like on December 1st of all the questions that competitors have asked. Because we get emails. They're hilarious, by the way. <laughs> they're, they're good. And I put them all in there, right? And some of them are hilarious. Uh, some of them, I mean, they're all good questions, right? But so we send this question and answer document out so that all the competitors get the same answer to the questions that all the competitors asked, right? And those, can I bring a bicycle? One of those, one of those was about like carts and wheeled devices and what's allowed and what's not allowed, you know. And it was there was a, it was about like I think a rickshaw was mentioned in one of the questions, um, and the answer to that question is, whatever you bring, you have to carry for the entire match. Right, which means you probably got to carry it up the top of the stairs, you got to carry it downstairs, you got to carry it under barbed wire, you got to carry it 33 miles. Um, 
there, and there's no gear restriction. So you can bring pretty much anything you want, um, except for you can't ride a mountain bike. Uh, we did have competitors ask uh, Thursday night after sign in, after zero range, after everything was done. Um, they were like, uh, Mr. Andrews, we have a question. Can we, uh, can we bring these? And they were, they were bikes. And I was like, well, if you, if you carry them, yeah, sure. But why would you, why would you want to carry a bike around for three days? <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a shooting and rucking event. It's not a shooting and biking event. Only imagine dragging that bike up the stairs under the barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah. While laughing. Yeah. Prentice wants to know if there's going to be a, a ATV division. An ATV? No, there's no, there will be no ATV division. No, you got feet and boots, shoes, and you put one foot in front of the other one, and before you know it, three days are over. Ooh, but he might be on to a new thing here. Imagine, so I know Mammoth is like the whole tough man thing, but imagine rally racing combined with a sniper match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prentice, how much room you got down there? We might be on to something, buddy. I could I could get into rally racing and sniper match together, but I, I want to sign up and compete in that one. I'm not going to run that one. I'm going to say I want to compete too. Those are like my two my two favorite things. I got the truck ready to go. I got the rifles ready to go. So I got to put a shooting position on the uh, roof rack. Yeah. Some of my favorite stages to watch in three gun, they had some where there was someone in a golf cart that drove at the same speed and they had to shoot out of the moving golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you imagine a rally race where you got to shoot out the window? That'd be fun. We're doing it. We're going to make this happen. All right. So what I heard there is that Greg is volunteering his vehicle to be used in the drive-by stage at Mammoth. Did I understand that right? I volunteered my four-foot ladder for one of the stages at my match, and it got shot. I really like my truck. We can use my golf car, though. Slime green, that's my rifle. I don't think there will be any shooting from moving vehicles at Mammoth. I have a feeling the army would would kill that one. Yeah, I don't think there will be any of that. But again, I didn't say no. And also, the army does have lots of vehicles that are far better to shoot from than my Forerunner or my golf car. We get the things with the turrets on top. Yeah. Or the flatbed. These are good ideas. Why didn't I think of this sooner? We could do pit. Pistol out of the back of a flatbed. More barbed wire. More barbed wire. Moving vehicles. Moving stage vehicles. with all red targets. Yes, it's a thing. This they has been can actually great... shoot from the zip line too. I've this seen is... that before. Oh, zip line shooting. Yeah, this has been really helpful. I appreciate this. Ooh, I got a stage title. The shooter's mindset stage. Would you like to become a stage sponsor? Um, let's see. Let me check how much money we made on this video. We'll give you 20% of our earnings for the year. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can put you in touch with someone that can talk to you about becoming a stage sponsor. <laughs> I got a quota. <laughs> yeah, we broke. You haven't asked me about my shirt yet. The Gunslinger shirt. Oh, Gunslinger's fun. Hey, so... Uh, it's a new, uh, new thing uh, in addition to Mammoth. Uh, we started last year, the Gunslinger Shooting Experience. And it's kind of like the anti-Mammoth. It's uh, one day, really fast stages. 
uh, unlimited round count, uh, pistol and uh, rifle together, uh, scored only by time to make the impact. So there's, you know, there's no target calling or nothing. It's just burn them, burn them down, right? And uh, 10 stages in the day, uh, each stage pays a $250 cash prize to the fastest shooter. So there's no total score. There's no first, second, third place. It's just like a shooting carnival almost. Uh, you can shoot a stage. If you think you can do better, you get in line and shoot it again. And if you want to shoot it again, you shoot it again. And if someone beats your time and you want to try again, you can shoot it again. You can skip stages, um, but really fast pistol, rifle shooting at the gunslinger events. Uh, we're returning to the sawmill on September 17th and seven Foxtrot just outside of San Antonio on October 15th. And we had, for the first first events, we had pretty good turnout last year and we've got a lot more interest already brewing this year. So kind of spreading the word about the gunslingers as well. Um, no, no rooking, no precision shooting, uh, no sleeping outside, uh, show up, uh, lunch, dinner, 10 stages, free ammo, with registration, um, super fun time. Uh, Wait, family, did you say free ammo? Uh, I did say free ammo, yes. He uh, said it last, <laughs> last year at both Gunslingers, every competitor got 100 rounds of 223 when they arrived. Um, and uh, we have a sponsor that provides that for the event, and they'll be on board with us again. This year, Tactical Shit is their name. And uh, we're providing ammo again. So if anyone says, oh, I don't have enough ammo, I can't come shoot. Well, there you go. Uh, register, pick up your ammo when you sign in, burn it down all day, have lunch, have dinner, win some cash, go home. Maybe I'll go. It's, a, it's everything that Mammoth is not. <laughs> There's food and like I get, for me, at Sawmill, I get to go back to my bed that night. That sounds the worst. Yeah. Yeah, Sawmill's not far from us. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, and it's a, it's a great facility too. Maybe I'll do a little bit of that fast and practice and, and make it up there this year. Because that yeah, do it. sounds super fun. Yeah, it's, it's a really good time. It's super, like, uh, low-key, I would say, family-friendly. We have a lot of youth shooters, a lot of female shooters, a lot of first-time shooters. Right, people that are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to this match, and you know, they post my score, and I might make a mistake, or I might not do good, or uh, you know, whatever. Like, just show up and have a good time. That's what that's what the gunslingers are about. Right? That'll be fun. And so, is this is this something I'd use like my three gun rifle for, or would I need more like a DMR style rifle? Either of those would work. We What's had a guy. We had someone show up last year with a revolver, 44 Magnum revolver, no less. <laughs> Ooh, homie got some money. Uh, and I can't remember what he shot for rifle, but um, yeah, pistol and rifle. There's eight pistol impacts and eight rifle impacts, and that's it. Um, What's the farthest rifle? Uh, I think like 300-ish yards, 325 maybe. I mean, not... Not precision rifle, you know, like not long distance precision rifle stuff, right? Um, That's easy enough with a strike eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's kind of like 
I mean, really, whatever you have at home that you want to get out and shoot with, you know, come to the Gunslinger and have it's a, you know, and it's the Gunslinger shooting experience. It's not a, it's not a, you know, competition or, you know, match where you have to worry about who's, what division are you going to be in or anything like that, right? It's a, you know, kind of an outreach to new shooters and people that want to get out to a range and, and have some fun. And you can, you know, you watch other people shoot and you might, learn something or pick up pointers from other people that you see there and then, you know, try the stage again, if you want, you know, it's a good opportunity to learn and hone your skills as well. So I, if I wanted to, I could literally show up and just shoot one stage, just like the one kid that loves his favorite roller coaster, just shoot yes. it, get back in line, shoot it again, get back in line, just shoot one stage all day to see if I can be the fastest. Yes. Yes. And it's fun. As the day goes on, we post, the fastest time for each stage, like on an easel right at the stage. So, you know, there were a couple of stages at the sawmill last year where, you know, people would shoot, they would set a time, someone would come by and beat their time, and then they'd pass back by and be like, oh, I'm going to do that again, right? And then they'd beat that time, and the other person would, you know, come back like an hour or two later and try to beat it, and they couldn't, try to beat it, and they couldn't, they'd get frustrated and leave, and they'd be like, oh, I got to go back and try one more time. You know, and there were there were a couple stages where guys just got in line and cycled around, you know, beating each other for the for the two hundred fifty dollars per stage. So it's a it's a fun it's a fun environment. It's a it's a good group and uh, you know pretty laid back. Take a lunch break. Lunch is provided. Dinner is provided. Live entertainment. Um, we do like a random draw raffle for prizes, cash prizes for each stage, cash prizes for fastest youth and fastest lady. On a couple stages but yeah time out from the mammoth talk to talk about gunslinger something something new also on g3dynamics.com uh, also on facebook you can see a lot of gunslinger stages and stage briefs and stuff from last year as well so. that's fun that's what i was about to say is where can they go sign up because people might want to sign up for mammoth or gunslinger so both of them can be found on that grunt style website yeah, so on uh, Thursday at uh, g3dynamics.com, you can sign up for all three. That's right. Get them all done. Yeah. Any more lives, Greg? Scott said he's going to bed. He has to train for Mammoth. I told him he's not going to sleep at Mammoth, so don't bother. Yeah, staying up is training for Mammoth. Staying up late is training for Mammoth. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's right. Also, maybe go and get into the walk in freezers at the grocery store. And just, just, just stay in there. Yes. Yeah. Just sleep in there. That's probably what you should do. As somebody that lives 10 minutes from Fort Gordon, um, we save our coldest week of the year for the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. Um, like every time we have a little bit of extra ice, we just kind of put it in a, in a cooler and we open it up that week. Well, we've had, we've had some rain, you know, one day a weekend over the last few years and it's, it gets cold at night. We've not had, you know, there were some mammoths at Rock Castle that, that were below freezing for three days. We, we've not had that yet, but, but we could. I feel like once you get to a certain point, it doesn't matter how cold it gets. It's just miserable no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like they just start going numb. 
Yeah, I I know people that would disagree with you. Everyone everyone seems to have a threshold or a limit to what they can tolerate. Yeah, mine is about 45 degrees. Well, I was gonna say 65. <laughs> <laughs> I am from the South for a reason. Mm-hmm. All right, are we good on lives? We are good on lives. Everyone has shut off the podcast so they could get on g3dynamics.com and be ready for Thursday morning. That's right. They're yeah. like, wait, they're yeah. hit refresh. They're like camped out in front of Best Buy on Black Friday. Mm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think it'll sell out fast. I'm really excited to see how fast it goes this year. I, uh, I was surprised at 47 minutes last year, and part of me thinks there's no way it could sell out faster than that, but maybe it will. Regardless, it's gonna. Regardless, it's going to be full. There's going to be 100 teams. Um, there's going to be a wait list, and uh, it's going to be a good time. That's right. Matches have been selling out fast this year. What's our record? Did it? Who sold out in like under 20 minutes? I don't remember. Was that Scottson? I don't remember. I don't know. It might have been the Barrel Maker. One of one of the matches sold out in under 20 minutes. It was ridiculous. It is fast. good to see. Uh, it is good to see all the activity in the shooting sports. There's, I, I've, I've seen a lot of matches sold out. I've seen a lot of places adding events. Um, seems like ammo and reloading supplies are starting to show up again, so people can be doing more. Right, but they do more shooty things. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we can wind it down to shout outs. So Greg, you normally start. Yep, I got a GSL suppressors, uh, shooters and sharpshooters of Augusta. If you're in town for Mammoth, you fly across the country, you want a zero rifle before the zero range. Got a 200 yard range out at uh, sharpshooters. PDC Custom, most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. Um, 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 shooters World Powder for all my centerfire reloading. Hunters HD Gold, potential new sponsor of Mammoth Sniper Challenge. Uh, yeah super awesome i'm blind as a bat and they will make anything that you need to be able to actually see while you're shooting um fix it sticks um and vortex all right how about you chris uh my shout outs we've covered already grunt style obviously um vortex optics for everything they do the staff uh the competitors um the people that run g3dynamics.com for us because Thursday is always a busy day for them. Um, and you guys for having me on episode 381. That's maybe, right. uh, maybe we'll come on and talk about it again when it gets close. Yeah, we'd love to have you. It's always fun to talk about. Maybe have some past competitors come give some advice. Have yeah, we should, uh, we should have a... Uh, like funny stories from mammoth podcast or funny can we sit around a campfire and do it um it'd be a virtual campfire but yes let's say we'll, just, we'll do it one time when you're in augusta yeah yeah but we need to get like other competitors involved as well that's why I yeah that's what i mean too is like have a uh, like have a panel yeah everybody you know people have you know all the competitors have one Everybody leaves Mammoth with one funny story, like something they did that they didn't realize they were going to do or something that happened the way it went, right? And everybody leaves with one, like, huge success, you know, like we killed it on this stage or 
set the fast time on that ruck or, you know, my rifle jammed, but I threw it down range and I still hit that target, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, you never know. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the event yeah. a lot, but there's a, there's a lot of stories to be told for another day. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do that right before and kind of hype it up right before tell some stories and answer some last minute questions that'd be fun and then so my shout outs are just to shout you out for coming on the um, podcast and spending like two hours of your Tuesday night with us I know you're busy and you have Mo and a fiance so um, we appreciate you doing that as well as everything that you do for the shooting sports because I know it takes a, a big chunk of your time to do everything that you do coming down here and getting ready for Mammoth particularly and then also with the gunslinger events. So, you know, just a big shout out to you and everything that you give, because without that, we wouldn't even have, you know, mammoth and all that. So we appreciate it. And with that, it'll be a wrap for episode 381. And we'll see y'all next time.